Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by Game Time. Okay guys, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Wizards tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. I'm posting at Capital One Arena where, good God, I have no idea what I just watched. Uh, the best way I can describe this game is the Wizards scored 77 points in the first half. I thought, man, no way that could happen in the second half. Then they scored even more points in the second half, and then they lost. I don't know how that happened. The Rockets beat the Wizards 159-158. And uh, you know what? I'm now on The Athletic, and we're allowed to use curse words on this podcast, so I'm going to call that game just a total shit show. It's, it's, it's like if a basketball game just took shrooms and decided to just trip for 48 minutes straight. I have no idea what the hell happened. Uh, James Harden had 59 points, I guess. I saw that happen. Bradley Beal had 46 points. I kind of saw that happen as well because it was a thing. Uh, Rui had 23. Isaiah Thomas had 17 and 10 in 24 minutes off the bench. Bertans hit six threes. The Wizards had a franchise record 20 made threes. The Rockets, even though the Wizards had a franchise record 20 made threes, the Rockets still hit 23 threes because this game was painfully stupid. The Rockets took 54 threes. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm here with the wonderful, esteemed Tilly Eco, who also covers uh, the NBA for The Athletic, covers the Rockets, and is in town in D.C. Um, my question for you is what? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I first saw the uh, Wizards starting lineup, I completely expected this game to be done by halftime. Um, Isaac Bonga, you know, Ish Smith, I didn't think those guys were going to be able to, you know, be on the floor and... I was surprised. Like, th- this game was a complete shit show. Like, the Rockets got up early. The Wizards came back. They kept shooting. They kept shooting. They kept shooting. I mean, Isaiah Thomas looked like he was in Celtic Green again. The Davis Bertans had tw- what, 21? Yeah, he had six threes. Six threes. Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> to look like the whole bench. I think the entire bench scored almost 60 points by themselves. And this game was just freaking crazy. And the Harden scoring 59 is like the least important. Like It's like the least crazy thing that happened tonight. That's how crazy this game was. So to me, the wild part of this from like a Wizards perspective is maybe the Wizards bench is good. Like just maybe. They're super annoying. This is two straight games that Isaiah Thomas has played and that Isaiah Thomas has been scrappy and kind of just said, I'm going to put up whatever shots I want. There was a point where Isaiah – the perfect, just ridiculous moment in this game was the ball swung to Isaiah Thomas, who was open at the top of the key for a three. And he had an open catch-and-shoot three. 
And Isaiah Thomas, during his first game, which was against the Spurs on Saturday, he played well. He had 16-5 and five over 20 minutes. And there was a point where he dribbled into a one-legged, almost floater three-pointer. And it went in, and it was crazy cool. And he, from a, he could have just shot an open catch-and-shoot three. And instead, for no particular reason, <laughs> just decides to shoot the one-legged floater again. And it was inexplicable. Inexplicable. And it didn't go in. Uh, I guess if it had gone in, it would have been the perfect ridiculous moment from this game. Uh, it was – that was a ridiculous moment. But, but IT is playing with energy. He's playing with confidence. He has 17 points and 10 assists off the bench. He's very left-handed. Houston defenders kind of realized that at the end of the game, or at least remembered that at the end of the game, started shading him totally to his left. And he had a couple of turnovers because he was trying to pass and tried to do it with his left hand, and defenders just wouldn't let him wouldn't let him get there. Um, but, like, Mo Wagner is scoring. I think Troy Brown is going to be a nice piece for them. Uh, Bertans is just shooting the lights out, which if you go on The Athletic, you can read my story on him from this morning, which is Davis Bertans shoots the lights out. That's what he does. Uh Maybe this bench, I mean, it doesn't have Jordan McRae right now. They're still waiting on C.J. Miles. I'm not saying it's going to be some sort of all-world bench. But I think I've seen enough to know, like, I think the Wizards are better than I thought they were going to be. Like, they're, they're, they're scrappy, and they play really hard, and they're annoying. And they play hard enough to where they're just going to kind of run into some wins when a team's on the second half of a back-to-back and they shouldn't have won that game, but they do, you know? You know, to your point about the Wizards bench, um, the Rockets' defense oh, is God. pretty bad. How are they going to win a title? Like, how are, how can Not, you say that's a title team with this <clears> defense right they now? They need a ton of work. Like, this is... Almost 160 points given up in an NBA game. This is not an all-star game. This is not a summer exhibition. This is not, you know, the Triple D All-Stars versus, you know, whoever, the Toon Squad. This is freaking the Houston Rockets against the Washington. Like, when I was watching it from, you know, like the media seating, the Wizards were not missing. I remember a quote from Doc Rivers when he said, sometimes it feels like the, the basket is as big as the ocean. And this one was a freaking volcano. It was just basket after basket after basket. Rui Hachimura, you know, he's a nice piece for the Wizards. Just his size. He has a kind of a, a silky game to him. I, I like the way he can put it on the floor. He can go in the post. He can shoot the outside shot. And he's tough. You don't see that for a lot of rookies. He has that kind of aggression. But for the Rockets side, um, I think the biggest takeaway is it's not good. They have to get bet. Like, this road trip is going to be brutal for them if they don't start getting stops. And Mike D'Antoni, just before the game, you know, there was a stretch when they played the Thunder um, a couple of days ago in the third quarter where they kind of looked like the 2017 Rockets where they were switching everything, they were getting stops, they were getting out in transition. And he said, you know, yeah, that was nice, but if you want to be a real contender, if you want to be a title challenger, you have to have those long period of defense. You have to have those stops. You have to, you have to get timely stops, close on threes, and then, like, Jesus Christ, oh, I can't even, I can't even throw it. It's just, it's crazy. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. Their communication was horrible. 
Yeah. There was they misrotated so many times, and it it just looked like they weren't alerting each other to where mm-hmm. everybody else should be. I don't know if they're out of their schemes or if they're just not comprehending things or what, but they just they were they seemed to always be in the wrong spot. Yeah, and, and you know, I think the Wizards got five hundred corner threes tonight. Yeah. There were they had so many open corner threes, and look, the Wizards hit a, hit a number of contested shots. There was a point where Beal hit like nine straight shots, and if I don't care how open you are, he hit nine straight shots in an NBA game. Like he shot something ridiculous. Shot fourteen for twenty from the field and seven for twelve from three. He had 46 he points. the most efficient 46-point game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, 46 points on 20 shots is actually – I haven't sat down to really think about that. Yeah. There have been so many crazy things in this game, but 46 points on 20 shots is nuts. And, and you know, um, Austin Rivers kind of told me this earlier in the season. I mean, well, it is earlier right now, but he told me before that their communication still needs a lot of work. You know, a lot of times we saw them in transition, not know who to stop, not know who to pick up. We saw them, like you said, give up a ton of corner threes. A lot of rotations were sloppy, and they weren't, you know, on time. And I think it, I know it's early, but the early returns do not look good. I don't know how they're good. They're just old. I just, I just think it's an, an elderly team when you compare it to like the Wizards or a team like you know the Thunder. Teams that are gonna run and run and run. And I think, yeah, as you can hear the the yeah, you might be able to hear that the national fans going crazy. Yeah, there's a watch party in the arena right now, <laughs> and it was the ninth inning, so something good's happening right now. But I don't know. I think for Houston, this team currently as constructed is not going to win a title if their defense is going to be like this. I'm not saying they're going to give up 160 every night, but even before today, they were still giving up 115-plus. It's not sustainable over a season if you want to actually be playing in May and June. It's just not. Like, Coach D'Antoni, he looked furious. There was one point where he just jumped up off the bench and called timeout. And normally he would call timeout and just talk to his coaches. But he sat down, he brought up the <laughs> the clipboard, and everybody gathered around to see what the hell's going on because I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I want to talk about Rui with you for a second too. Yeah, let's talk about Rui. Rui... Looks really good in San Antonio on Saturday. I didn't do a post-game show after that game, but he played really well. He had 16-8 and eight in that game. Tonight, he looked even better. So there was a point tonight where P.J. Tucker was guarding him, mm-hmm. and P.J. Tucker is no slouch, especially in the post. I mean, people talk about him as a switchy defender, but he's like the best on dudes who try to use their strength in order to get to places mm-hmm. because he is so freaking strong that he just doesn't let guys get to their spots. And there was a play... Earlier in this game, it was second quarter, I think, Rui gets the ball in the post on the right side of the floor, 12, 14 feet from the hoop on the baseline, and he tries to back P.J. Tucker down. And you could see in his face, it was like, uh, oh, this guy's not just an NBA player. This guy's a strong NBA player. It was like player. that, that Carl Anthony Town meme where he's trying to post up DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. And DeMarcus Cousins is not moving. Yeah. <laughs> and so P.J. Tucker is just not moved an inch. And Rui just does this thing of like, okay, and just turns over his shoulder and shoots this, you said silky is the perfect word, just yeah. shoots this like silky, turnaround that swishes into the hoop over one of the best defenders in the league. And it was perfect defense. I don't know what in the world P.J. Tucker could have done differently on that play. Now that's 
even for the best players in the league get that shot. That's like a 35% shot. It's not a good shot. At some point, Rui's probably going to get away from that, unless he's legitimately the number one option on an offense in which you're just kind of allowed to take those shots because you have to create you know, conven- what are conventionally considered bad shots every once in a while in order to just sustain an offense and get a bucket when you're hot. Sometimes it goes in. Uh, but the fact that Rui has that in his game now, the composure to notice, I'm not doing this, this is how I'm going to go up, that smoothness that he's able to turn around, it didn't look like a flukish shot. It didn't look rushed. It didn't look frantic. It was totally smooth. He looked like a 10-year vet making that move. And he finishes tonight, first career 20-point game. He had 23. He was 9 for 15 from the field again. He hit his first three, his second three, and his third three of his career. Three for three from, from, uh, from three in this game because everybody was three for three from three in this game. <laughs> uh, it was – he just – if I were a Wizards fan – I mean, there's just nothing that you can see to think that anything negatively about him right now. I mean, yeah, he's got to improve on defense. He's got to improve his passing. He does have to improve the three-point shot. He's got to improve around the rim, all these things. He's a rookie, of, of course. But what I mean is, like, you can't look at this right now. It, you really have to be pessimistic in order to look at what he's done over the first four games and think anything other than, ooh, the Wizards might have really gotten a good one at number nine. Yeah, I, I, uh, to your point, he just looks seasoned to me. Like, he looks like he belongs in the league. You know, when he plays, obviously he's a rookie, so yeah, he's going to have mistakes. He's going to miss, you know, rotations. He's going to take bad shots. But he belongs in this league. He has the size, he has the skill set, and he has the IQ. You know, there was one play where he recognized that, you know, if I go to the post, they're not stopping me. I can just turn around and pull up. Or I can kick it back out to an open Bradley Beal or an open Bertans. You know, if you see the weak side corner sag off the defender, you can just kick it out to, to Bertans for a three. And I think as the games go on in the season, he's going to get better and better and better. And the Wizards do have a gem. You know, I'm, I messed up not taking him in my uh, fantasy draft when I could have. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it and I knew it, he was going to be arguably the number two option for this team, you know, after Beal. And, man, first, because I think before this game he was 0 for 8 from 3. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's a rookie. It's going to happen. Tonight, I think a lot of Wizards fans should be, you know, feeling good about themselves going forward. This is going to be a young team. They're not going to win a lot of games. They might win maybe 30, 33, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to run. And, look, if this is where Isaiah Thomas needs to go to, to get his career started again, so be it. Yeah, and the thing with this team, Thomas Shepard's looking good right now because a lot of the moves that he made this summer, like Mo Wagner is just scoring. Mo Wagner tonight, what is he? That guy is is aggressive. Yes, he is. And tonight he plays 14 minutes and he scores 12 points. He talks a lot of shit. He talks a wild amount. (laughs) Yes, he talks a lot. He, He and Isaiah Thomas... But you need that. Must just go at each other in practice because they both talk so much crap. Yeah, but you need that for a, a, a scrappy team. You need yeah, guys that step up and not afraid of the moment. It doesn't matter if you're James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They don't care who it is. They're going to talk. He talks a lot of crap. and But he can score. I mean, he, he needs a lot of work defensively. He needs a lot of, lurk with, a lot of, a lot of work with ball control, yeah. a lot of turnovers, a lot of fouls. 
He's over-aggressive defensively. He needs to learn verticality. He's late getting to spots, which is why he fouls a lot. But he's been very good offensively as a backup big. I think he's a little redundant skill set-wise with Thomas Bryant. But he's been very good. And look, the Wizards get him and Isaac Bongo, who's now a starter, and who's guarding James Harden tonight. Like, the Wizards get, and he's 19 years old, the Wizards get both those guys for free this summer in the trade just because the Lakers need to dump them in the Anthony Davis deal and the Wizards slide in they're like well we'll take them and they give up one million dollar 1.1 million dollars in cash so they can get those guys Bertans they got for the rights to a 27 year old guy who's playing in Greece right now um Hachimura is looking like a really good value pick at number nine the Wizards are not I'm not picking them to make playoffs or anything like that but the moves, the fringe moves that they made this summer, so far, and we're four games in, yeah. things can change. But so far, the fringe moves are looking good. And those are the things that Wizards fans are going to have to monitor yeah. throughout the year. Sure. Is not, not is Mo Wagner going to be a, an awesome player? <laughs> Just like, is Mo Wagner going to be an NBA player who can play 15 minutes a night to 18 minutes a night as a backup big man? Because if he is, you just got that guy on a rookie contract <clears throat> for free. That's pretty good. If Bonga is a guy who can play 15 to 20 minutes a night as a defensive guy and maybe be a decent ball mover in your offense, mm-hmm. and he's 19 years old and he's on a cheap rookie contract, you just got that guy for free. Same thing with Bertans. Who, Bertans, I mean, he's just a good player and you got him for free. And at the time, that was a heck of a way to slide into that deal. Um, their their offseason is not going to propel them to some unbelievable year and it's not going to propel them to some great record. But they made intuitive moves, and they they compiled a bunch of guys who they just kind of got for nothing, and those moves seem to be working out. Uh, I think in the summer, when once the news about John Wall's injury, you know, went public, I think a lot of people, including myself, just thought that the Wizards were going to put on the season, and so far the moves they made, like you said, they don't suck. They have promise, like they're. Look, they just pushed the Rockets to the brink of this game. They really could have. They really should have won the game, if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean they were up double digits yeah. with a few minutes left. Yeah, they should have. We haven't even. But here's the thing: double digits in that game was like it was like blowing a three point lead. That is true. That is true. Double digits in a game without 317 points is not double digits this in a game that's 100 <laughs> to 100. This was an amazing game to watch. I don't. I know a lot of people are defense and everything, but like. Just watching the game, it was going back at it, like Bradley Beal going at it, then James going at it, then Bradley going at it. Like, it was, man, it was, it was good. But I like the Wizards. Um, I like how they're going to look next season. I want to see how they look when John Wall comes back. We'll see what they do in the offseason. You know, Rui is going to be a legit third option guy at that point, and he's going to have a year under his belt. Thomas Brown, let's talk about Thomas Brown for a little bit, because he's a guy that a lot of people, you know, when you hear about him, okay, you, you hear about the ridiculously high field goal percentage, but this guy can play. He had a couple of nice defensive plays against James Harden, against, you know, Russell Westbrook. And I think he should be getting a lot more credit for what he's done early on this season. Um, he's a nice young guy. He's in a good system where he can grow under Scott Brooks and in and, and this community. And I think they have – the Wizards have another, a lot of nice young pieces – what they can groom, which is always interesting to, to watch over a season than just saying, oh, 
Our team's going to suck or lose by 30 every game, you know? It's funny how quickly the tone can change when the games start in either direction, right? Like, we saw the greatest <coughs> example of that last year when people figure the Wizards are going to win whatever your pick is. 42 or 45 or, you know, Ted Leonsis said 50 games, right? And then they go out and they lose 50. And it just looked awful from the beginning. And it was a stuffy locker room environment. And the team atmosphere was bad. And they tore it apart. And there were like four different versions of last year's team. And so many people who were part of that team were unhappy. And just this year is just the total opposite. And everyone will talk to you about it. And you can feel it when you walk in that locker room. And you can feel it when you walk in to shoot around with the way that they just interact with each other and you can you don't have to be an expert on basketball to have walked into that gym last year and have walked into that or I shouldn't say that gym that arena last year and have walked into the arena at night and just tell how different the vibe is with this team it's just it's just totally different and so I am more positive on them because look I didn't think it was going to be a repeat of last year from a cultural standpoint and Tommy Shepard and Bradley Beal and Scott Brooks have all talked about wanting to change the culture of the organization from what it was before. And it's one thing to talk about wanting to do it. It's another thing to actually execute on it. Seems like it's so far so good. Like, they're playing hard. They seem to like each other. They get along. You know, Isaiah Thomas said something which was very true after the game. They're playing hard because they have to play hard. Because if they don't play hard, they're not going to win games. So they better play hard. And... They're playing hard, and they're one in three. But you know what? So much of the season, I keep, I've said a million times, it's about development. It's not about wins and losses this year. It's just development. And this is, it's, it's considering what they could look like if they weren't doing this. It's just a different feeling, one in three, than it could. Um, anything else before we wrap up? Anything to plug? Um, any, any great pieces coming out? Yeah, I had one uh, yesterday about just sitting in the scene of, you know, Russell Westbrook's first time seeing a lot of the, of the Thunder people since he got traded in the offseason. Um, and it was, just, it was just good to see with Chris Paul, with Dennis Schroeder, with Steven Adams, Andre Robeson. It was good to see him interacting with those guys. And you could tell that there was no love lost between them. Like, there's still a lot, a lot of love in the room. And obviously tonight, we're going to run tonight because today was just, Something. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I came out to DC. I'm oh, really yeah. glad. I uh, I was not planning on writing going into exactly. this game. Exactly. I was not planning on writing at all. And now it's midnight, and I got to sit down and pump something out about this game. Well, I lost my computer back. So. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah. Nationals. If they won the World Series just now, I'm sure tons of people are going to want to read Wizard stuff. But <laughs> I'll have a Wizards thing out in the morning. If you want, you can go read my Davis Berton story from Wednesday yep. morning. That's about Berton's shooting. Uh, you can read my story about Dean Oliver and how the Wizards are using him, the uh, the analytics background, assistant coach they hired this offseason. You can read my story about Rui from over the weekend. Uh, I will not be doing a postgame podcast on Saturday. That's the Wizards' next game. I won't be doing a postgame show after that. I'm not going to do – last year I did all postgame shows, all 82. I'm not going to do all 82. I'm going to take off some weekend games. Uh, but I'm going to make up for it with subscriber-only episodes uh, for people who subscribe on The Athletic. So go on and subscribe on The Athletic with theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. You can go on, check out shows, subscribe there. I'm going to have a subscriber-only episode I'm going to put up on Friday, uh, Friday morning, which I'll be recording tomorrow with a great guest. You can check that out. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. 
Um, what else? What else? Follow me on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Fred Katz. Read my stuff. Read The Athletic. Give us five stars. Also, I am going to read reviews for people who write them. I read a review that was hilarious on Wizards After Dark Ooh, on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to read it on the next episode because I want to have it called up, and I'm going to read it. And I'm just going to read it, and it was ridiculous and hilarious, and I'm going to read it. Uh, and I was like, you know what? If you write a hilarious review, a real hilarious review with a five-star review, then I will I will read it and read your name on the on the podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that as a thing from now on. We'll see how often, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it as a thing from now on. So yeah, subscribe, subscribe on the Athletic, follow Kelly's stuff. Does great work, and the Rockets are a very interesting team. Uh, I'll be back with another episode Friday. Subscriber only. That's only going to be on The Athletic. So if you only subscribe on iTunes, you're not going to get that. So you can subscribe on The Athletic and get that. Uh, and that's it. I'll be back tomorrow, and then I'll be back with a post-game show again next week for the people who uh, only subscribe on iTunes. I'll talk to you guys then. <laughs>